So as I come up here, I can't help but notice how good you all look. You know, like Thursday nights, Sunday mornings, people are like, they're kind of on their B game, but you guys are definitely on your A game tonight. So kudos for that. I think a shout out should go out to probably all the moms out there, right? Because all the kids look, you know, just so well put together, just look so Christmassy. And I guess also the husbands do too. So, I mean, definitely credit goes to mom for that, we know. I was thinking about how, you know, this time of year is the time of year a lot of times we send out Christmas cards to people and kind of an important part of a Christmas card is a Christmas picture. And so maybe you've been getting some of those at your home. And I think it's always amazing to look at people's Christmas pictures and see how perfectly put together everyone is. They're all looking in the same direction and they're all smiling and everybody looks just awesome. Yet, when we've been a part of those kind of photo-taking sessions, we all know that it is not that easy, right? There was probably a hundred other takes that maybe didn't look that well. And I always appreciate when people send a picture that is much more real and down-to-earth. You know, like one of the outtakes where maybe something isn't going right, like a kid is crying or a spouse is crying or somebody's falling over or whatever else. You know, because it's just so much easier to relate to that. Well, fortunately, there are some websites that catalog some of those awkward Christmas photos that went out. And so I want to show you a couple of them up on the screen. So the first one, you know, it's like, Mom, you can give me a sign, but, you know, I'm not going to play along. Next one, I love this one. It's like the one kid's out of here, the baby's had it, Mom doesn't know what to do, but Dad's like in. He's like, I'm doing what I'm told. Here's the next one. I love this one because the little tagline on this one is, so they got the Christmas picture taken, then the son broke up with his girlfriend, and mom is like, we are not going to waste 200 Christmas cards. We'll just put a sticker over here. It'll be all right. <laughs> and last one. Perfect timing, right? <laughs> Now, when you think back to the very first Christmas, oftentimes we think of it being a perfect Christmas picture, right? You've got the shepherds, you've got Mary and Joseph, you've got the cute baby, and it's all perfectly illuminated by a star. The thing is, though, that first Christmas was far from perfect. There was a lot of chaos, there was a lot of questions, there was a lot of uncertainty, and there was a lot of darkness surrounding that event. Now, in the world in general, there were wars everywhere going on, and people were concerned for their lives and their well-being. But just in the specific scene on that Christmas night, we have a mother who is a teenager who is pregnant. We have her fiancé who's trying to figure things out, and he has to take his pregnant wife to travel all the way to Bethlehem for a census. And even though Mary is nine months pregnant, they can't get an extension and they can't get an exception. They just have to go. And so things are far from serene and calm and peaceful. Mary has to give birth in a barn in the middle of nowhere and she is surrounded by barnyard animals. It is a chaotic and a dark scene. And now, fast forward 2,000 years later to our world today, and I think many things are still the same. We too are surrounded by uncertainty, 
and we're surrounded by division and conflict and a whole lot of darkness. I think every day when I turn on the news or I read the newspaper or just have a conversation with someone, I find myself thinking, is this really the way things should be? I mean, how much worse can things get? I mean, there's way too much violence and there's way too much pain and there's way too many trials that people are going through and way too many struggles. It really is a world full of darkness. Well, 700 years before Jesus was born, a prophet named Isaiah had some very important words to say. He said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And those words applied to that first century world. And those, worlds, those words still apply to our world today. And you see, Christmas is really the story of God's light coming into the darkness of this world. And I think it's no coincidence that many of the stories that we share around Christmas take place in the dark. The shepherds are tending their flocks in a field by night. When the wise men travel to see the Christ child, they are following a star. It's all about darkness. But God is intent on showing up and shining a light right into the middle of the darkness of this world. Well, we heard this reading from Luke chapter 2, the Christmas gospel. And it has all the main characters and all the familiar sights. But there's another Christmas story from the gospels that I think doesn't get shared as often this time of year. And it might be because Linus didn't recite it in a nice Christmas special. But it's still important. It's from John chapter 1. And it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And you might be wondering, how in the world is this the Christmas story? I mean, I don't see Mary and Joseph. There are no shepherds, and I don't even see a baby Jesus. But you see, when John says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, he is talking specifically about Jesus coming into our world at Christmas time. Jesus was one with God, and Jesus was God, and he is God's son. 
And there have been volumes and volumes of books that have been written about this passage, and there's all sorts of fun things we could look at. But I want to focus in on just one key theme from this Gospel of John. And that's when, what it has to say about Jesus being our light. What it says about the darkness all around us being pierced with God's light. But first, I want you to notice what it does not say. It does not say that Jesus was a light. Like, you know, he's LED and you could go get a fluorescent and you could get whatever other type of lighting you want. It doesn't say he's a light. It doesn't say he just gives light. It doesn't say he just brings light. No, it actually says he is the true light that has come. He is the light. There was a little girl who was in a Christmas pageant. She was all excited to be up in front of her family and friends and in front of a congregation. And she is going through her lines like a rock star. Everything's going great until she completely freezes and she can't remember what to say next. And so as she's trying to think, what do I say next? Her mother is sitting in the front row and starts to whisper to her. And she says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And suddenly the little girl's eyes perk up and she gets a big smile and she says, my mom is the light of the world. (laughs) The Christmas story announces that Jesus is the true light of the world and he is now shining into the darkness that surrounds us. Now there is something that I think every one of us here has in common. One thing that every single person seated here tonight has in common, and that is this. We are filled with darkness in our lives. We are all filled with darkness in our lives, and we all need the light. We all have different types of darkness that we struggle with. It can be fears, it can be uncertainty, it can be guilt, it can be shame. But whatever it is, we all struggle with darkness. But the promise we have in Christmas, because of what God has done, is that the light is here. The light is available to every single one of us. Now for some people here, the struggle they might have is wondering what next step to take. You might feel confused or lost. What should I do with my life? Does your life feel uncertain tonight? Does it feel like you're wandering in the dark? Maybe just looking for that light switch to turn on. Are you looking for guidance? Are you looking for direction? Are you looking for your next step to take? The good news is that Jesus came to be the light of guidance and direction. Psalm 119, 105 talks about this, where it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus is the light unto our path. He will help us navigate throughout the darkness. Now remember back in the Gospel of John, he says Jesus was the word. God's word and Jesus are interchangeable. What that means is that anything God has to say in his word is directly from him. 
anything he has to say about any part of our life, our marriage, our parenting, our finances, our relationships, our addictions, our anxiety, our loneliness, the list goes on. All those things that he has to talk about in his word are not just ancient wisdom. They're not just something that sometimes applies. It is actually directly from our loving God. Jesus is the light for our path, no matter how dark your path might seem. Now, the good news is Jesus doesn't just hand you a flashlight and say, go figure it out on your own, because he is the light, and he walks with you. He cares about every single detail in your life. He cares about every experience you have, every choice that you make. He cares about exactly what you are facing in your life today. And he promises to be the light for your path. But that's not all. Jesus is also the light of love and grace. When I was a kid, when we would celebrate holidays, we would come into the Twin Cities and stay with my grandparents in Roseville. My grandparents had a big old house, and as kids, we would always stay down in the basement. And the thing was, my grandpa loves to collect random things from travels, and they're all hung on the wall. And as a kid, they freaked me out. There were all kinds of pictures and heads and different things, and I would not be able to sleep. I still remember one time my grandma coming and bringing a light and saying, we're going to turn this light on and I'm going to leave it on all night so that you can feel secure. And just remember, when you look at that light, that that represents my love for you. You see, the light of God's love is constant. No matter what your story no matter who you are, no matter what darkness you have faced, no matter what darkness you're in the middle of right now. His light of love is for you, whether you even believe in him or not, because he is full of grace. Now, sometimes I think we think of God's light being more like one of those interrogation lights, you know, right on our face, causing us to sweat, and it's full of judgment and anger. But that's not God's type of light. God is full of grace and truth and love. And he doesn't just offer you a little dose of light on the side. No, he is a constant light of love each and every day. He doesn't just tell you occasionally, you know, God kind of likes you. No, he is the assurance that God deeply, deeply loves you each and every day. And really, there's no better illustration of God's love for you than the fact that Jesus came into our world to live among us. And he lived a perfect life. And then he sacrificed his life on the cross for you and for me. And then he rose again and he invites us to live with his light and his love in our life and to experience the assurance of eternal life with him. There's one more important thing about his light. Jesus is the light for a fresh start. I mean, we've all heard the phrase before, the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Jesus is the light at the end of whatever tunnel you might be going through today. Have you ever had one of those nights where you've just lied awake and you've just worried and thought about something that's stressful and it just gets worse and worse as the night gets deeper and deeper and darker. 
But then finally, morning comes, and the light comes through your window, and suddenly, at least you have a glimmer of hope. Things start to look up again. Well, it's exactly what's talked about in the book of Lamentations, where the Bible says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Jesus is the light, and he can bring a new beginning, a new morning, a fresh start, no matter where you're at. See, the reality is, no matter what you have done or said or thought, you can still have a fresh start. Your past does not have to derail your future. Because Jesus offers his forgiveness, his restoration, his redemption. And you are not beyond hope. You are not finished. Because Jesus is not finished with you. Jesus is the light for a fresh start. For anyone who will turn to him and invite him to come into their heart. And so that leads us to the very most important part of Christmas. And no, it's not the Christmas cookies. And it's not the presents that you maybe haven't opened up yet. And it's not even the family gatherings that you might be off to tonight. The very most important part of Christmas is when John says, He is the light to all who receive him. To all who receive him. To those who believe in his name. He gives the right to become the children of God. There's no asterisk. There's no qualification. To all who receive him, to all who believe in his name, he makes us children of God, part of the family. Now think about what this might mean for you right now. I don't know what you're going through, what darkness you're dealing with tonight. I don't know what kind of light you need specifically. Whether you need the light of guidance and direction, whether you need the light of grace and love, or the light of a fresh start, or maybe all three. But I do know the one who is light wants to be your light. The one who is the true light wants to be your light. And so the question is for each and every one of us, Will you receive him? Not later, not next year. Will you receive him today? Not just ask for his help, not just for a few moments, but will you receive him into your life? Will you give your life to him right now? For some of you, it might be the first time that you've ever considered this. For others of you, maybe you've given your life to Christ years ago and you, now you feel distant and disconnected and you wonder if he's even there anymore. Well, know this. He was born for you. And he lived for you. And he gave up his life for you. And then he got up from the darkness so that you could experience his light and his love and his grace. And he's here right now. He's here right now and he wants nothing more than to go with you from this day forward. 
And so as we close out our time together, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. There's no pressure. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but we're going to invite you to take this opportunity to receive Jesus into your heart. So what I want to invite you to do is to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you'd like, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You don't need to say anything out loud. You can just pray this in your heart and your mind. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I receive your light and I receive your love into my life. Please forgive me. Give me a fresh start and help me to live for you each day. Jesus, I thank you for your gift of light and love and grace. Help me to remember that you walk with me every step of the way. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you prayed this 